0: Welcome everyone. So excited to have you this morning. It's actually, a, a, it's very nice. The first service we had, uh, it ended up getting fuller, but when I first walked up to do announcements, everybody was on this side and <laughs> there was like three people on this side. So it's nice to get a good balance. Very exciting. Got a couple of quick announcements for you. The first one is um, we have had a lot of people that have asked or talked to us about masks and we want you to know a couple things. You obviously are more than welcome to wear a mask. Feel Feel totally free to do that. But if you are like, and this would be maybe mostly for people that are watching online, we, we want to be able to give everybody an opportunity to feel comfortable where they're at. And so what we've done is there will be a service available up in the flat, up up. if you go up those stairs up in the flat, for an all-mask service. So if you're watching online, we've had a lot of people that have said, oh, we want to come back, we just don't feel comfortable yet. We totally understand that. We want to make sure that everybody um, is at their own pace. We get that there's a lot of different opinions on that. So we want to be able to give that option. So we want you to know that if you are, uh, have been wanting to come, but you don't want to come due to people maybe not wearing masks, there will be a service. It's streamed, and it'll be uh, available up in the flat. So just know that. Um, And then if you're up there, um, everybody will have masks on. So second thing is July 25th, we have a golf outing coming up. This is, I'm really excited about this. You know, the Waypoint Open July 25th, 2020. Man, we had our first annual Waypoint Open last year, and it was quite the success. I was really going for the championship. My my team we didn't win, so I'm I'm coming I'm coming for everybody this year. So July 25th, the Waypoint Open. There is opportunities on Planning Center to sign up. If that's something you're interested in, please sign up. It's a four-person scramble, uh, and there's going to be more details to come on social media and some things like that. So we're so excited to have you here, and if you're watching online, we're so excited that you are joining us this morning. Why don't you go ahead and stand, and we're going to begin worship.
1: Good morning, Waypoint. Let's put our hands together and go before the Lord with praise and worship this morning.
2: Oh, hero of heaven, you conquer the grave. You free every captive and break every chain. Oh, God, you have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awake and alive. Oh, Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high. Oh, God, you have done great Oh hero of heaven, you conquer the grave, you free every captive and break every chain, oh God. You have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awake and alive. Oh Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high, O oh, God. You have done great. God, above it all, hallelujah, God, unshakable, hallelujah, you have done great things, you've done great things, hallelujah, God, above it all, hallelujah, God, unshakable, hallelujah, have done great things. You've done great things. Oh, hero of heaven, you conquered the grave. You free every captive and break every chain. Oh God, you have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awake and alive. Oh, Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high. Oh, God, you have done great things. You have done great things. Oh, God, you do great things.
1: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, great job. Okay, before you're seated, turn around and say hello to someone, give them a wave, give them a an elbow bump or a <laughs> a big wave, parade wave. This is the last Sunday of our Songs of the Summer series. And <clears throat> the first week, um, they put out a request on Facebook to, um, for us to nominate the songs that, um, you know, that one song that when you hear those first couple of drum beats or that first measure or so, you reach over and you crank it up and you roll the windows down and you sing like nobody's listening. Um, those songs, those were nominated, and we took a poll. and <clears throat> They chose, <coughs> excuse me, a couple of them for us to do. So we're going to have some fun this morning with walking on sunshine. So uh, join in our little uh, beach party with us. Let's go.
2: I used to think maybe you love me, now, baby, I'm sure. And I just can't wait till the day when you knock on my door. Now every time I go for the mailbox, got to hold myself down, because I can't wait till you ride me. You're coming around. I'm walking on sunshine. Whoa. I'm walking on sunshine. Whoa. I'm walking on sunshine. Whoa. And don't it feel good? Hey, All right now. And don't it feel good? To think maybe you love me Now I know that it's true And I don't want to spend my whole life Just waiting for you Now I don't want you back for the weekend Not back for a day No, no, no I said, baby, I just want you back and i want you to stay cause i'm walking on sunshine hey i'm walking on sunshine whoa i'm walking on sunshine whoa and don't it feel good on sunshine I feel alive I feel the love I feel the love that's really real I feel alive I feel the love I feel the love that's really real. I'm on sunshine baby whoa, I'm walking on sunshine I'm walking on sunshine Whoa, I'm walking on sunshine
3: pretty awesome, but we need to get rid of those balls because nobody will pay attention, right, for the whole service. Uh, maybe that song would do it for you. That's how uh, we set up this series. You know the moment. Like when that, when that song comes on the radio, you'll turn it up, you'll get lost in the moment, and you'll enjoy it. Maybe that song would do that for you. I don't know. Um, that was a pretty fun song, and I could see us doing that. But we've been talking about how we're trying to create those kind of moments with God, A moment where you just kind of get lost in the message of that that song that's in the book of Psalms that means something to you, that connects with your life right here and now and changes the way you think or you experience life. And I think that could happen because there's some pretty incredible stuff in this book that we've been looking at. So I want to take you to a chapter today that uh, when I read it, the first thing I thought was I haven't seen this done in church in 20 years. I thought of an old school thing that I grew up doing. I I used to see it all the time, and maybe some of you will too. Uh, Does anybody remember doing responsive readings in your church? Right? Oh, yeah. Okay, good, good. You know what it is. So in the back of the hymnal, there was this whole little section, and there would be things that somebody, either the pastor or somebody who was leading the worship, would um, have everybody Um, get ready to do this and they would read a part and then the congregation would respond back and they would go back and forth until it was all done and the kind of psalm that we're gonna look at looks like that but I thought there's a chance that some of you don't even know what that's like so I thought we should do it this morning. So what I want you to do is I want you to stand up because I don't know why but every time we did a reading in my church, you had to stand. So I want everybody to stand up And what we're going to do is we're going to put on the screen, we're going to do this ladies and guys, and so ladies, you're going to start, and when we put it up, we want you to read in unison together what's there. You'll know this is done when we get to the end and say amen, okay? Now, uh, the last service, when we went to the second slide and it was the guys, I don't know what they were waiting for, but just go, like It was only four words, and they they froze. So, guys, come on. I know you can do it. Make me proud. Um, We're going to get ready to try this responsive reading. Here we go. This is another psalm. Go ahead. Yeah. All right. All right. You can grab a seat. Now you can say you've experienced that. If if you're new to church, you probably haven't ever seen that before. Again, I haven't seen that in a long time, but we're looking at a Psalm that basically was written that way. It's got a little refrain in it. Uh, what, What was the refrain in this one? Just four simple words, right? It's stuck in your head having said it over and over again, and that's exactly what this psalmist wants to do. He's got a phrase that he wants to stick in your head, and so he's gonna repeat it. And it could have been that the choir was singing, and there were two different parts, and one group sang this, and then they did. It could have been that there was a soloist who would sing that, or they might have engaged the whole crowd. They might have sung the statements, and then the refrain was done by the crowd to get him into it. Um, but whatever reason, we don't know exactly how this worked out. We do know this. The refrain is repeated 26 times in this song. Now, I don't know about you. There's a lot of modern-day worship music that I like, but there is a genre that drives me nuts. Like, it's the eight-minute worship song that at the last four minutes, it's the same phrase over and over for the last four minutes. You get to that last four minutes of that, like the end of that song, and I've lost hair right? 30 seconds into that repeated, 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 I'm saying stuff like, I get it. I know. I'm thinking about it. I promise. Can we end the song? A minute and a half, my eye starts twitching, right? And they just keep going and going and going. My wife um, has this feeling with other songs that play in the radio. If there's a song that she doesn't like, we'll be driving down the road, and all of a sudden, the radio's turned off, and I'm like, what just happened here? She goes, it's too repetitious. Hate it. So it could be that we're just two old grouchy people, right? Because I know a lot of people love that sort of stuff. But you have to ask yourself, why? Why do people like it? Is there even a reason or purpose for it? And I think maybe there is. Sometimes things that you repeat are worth repeating, Because they're worth repeating, you say them over and over again, hoping at some point that it will land, that it will stick, that it will be something that somebody remembers. You know this if you've ever trained anybody. You know this if you've dealt with kids ever in your life. It's not okay just to say it once. It would be awkward or weird to hear a parent look at a 15-year-old kid and say, I told you this once when you were three, why haven't you remembered it? Right? That doesn't happen. We know that important things are repeated over and over and over so that it sticks. And so something that's worth repeating gets repeated. The other reason it could help is it might help you to focus on the truth of that thing that's been repeated. And initially, it might just feel like a phrase that you say. But once you repeat it over and over, then it takes on a different message. It might be something that you can think about, that you can process in a different way. And because you're repeating it, it lands and it finds its way in. That happens in the psalm when 26 times the psalmist says, His love endures forever. He wants wants you to understand, whoever wrote this, that God's love has been around, is, and will always be a part of your life and that if you fully understood it, it would shape the way you lived. It would change everything. And so he sets out to do that. Um, Psalm 136, I wanna take you there. And again, it's just repeat, refrain over and over. When you look at it, if you turn your, in your Bible to it, or if you have it on your cell phone, it'll look a little bit like poetry. It's gonna be laid out like that, where it has a stanza and then a phrase underneath it. And uh, we'll give you an example. This is verse one, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, his love endures forever. Now, you could have translated this any number of ways. The literal translation is his loving kindness is eternal. They, they all get it right. This, this idea that God's love has always been around, it's there. But here's, here's the thing the writer wanted you to know that God was good, wanted to celebrate that God was good, but also wanted you to understand the motivation behind God's goodness. The reason God is good, that you experience the goodness of God in your life, is because he is motivated by love. A love that he has always had, a love that he currently has when he interacts with you, and a love that you will always see from him. It's there. So when you think about God being good, he wants you to be thinking about the love that comes with this. And so we see in this chapter, 26 statements or observations. 26 different things that he says, this is true and I want you to know the motivation behind this. It's his love enduring forever. And so he starts making these comments and it repeats it over and over and over. It's worth saying. Have you ever been in a situation where you've you've talked to a maybe a friend, a relative, somebody close to you And somewhere in the conversation, somebody says this. I'm only saying this because I love you, right? Now, um, so we're talking about God trying to find a way for us to understand his love. And when somebody says that in a conversation, like, I'm going to say this to you, but I'm only saying this because I love you, sometimes that's annoying, right? Right? It's annoying because we didn't want to hear what they had to say. Uh, Maybe it's hard to digest. It's hard to accept. Um, It could be annoying because in some cases, we don't believe them. Like the person who said, I'm only saying this because I love you, we're not convinced that they do. And instead, uh, we think maybe they don't care and they're just trying to get their licks in. And so we end up, Um, feeling like we're kind of pushed back on our heels when somebody says that to us. At the same time, you've been in those conversations, at least I have, where somebody says, I'm only saying this because I love you, and I know they're telling the truth. And the fact that they loved me made all the difference in the world. It didn't take the sting away from the words, but when my wife says what she had to say, I knew because of our history together that those words could end up being helpful for me because they were true. There's an attempt here to get people to understand that God loves them. And you know what I think is weird? I, I think sometimes we have the same reaction to God that we do to our family and friends. I think sometimes we look at the words of God even though they're delivered with love and we think that's really annoying I think we live in a time right now where there is so much confusion about what's going on, why hasn't God done this, why hasn't he intervened here, and that sort of thing that there are even groups of people who are wondering if God cares about them right now. They want to know, does does God care about me? Because he could have intervened in this a long time ago. He could have done something about the strife and the discord that we see in our world. But he doesn't seem to be. Maybe he doesn't care. And so the message of God's love impacting your life forever, now and in the future, just doesn't land. But if I were to guess, if I were to guess and pick one thing that I think causes us more trouble than anything else, it's not that we're annoyed by God, it's not that we don't think he cares from my own experience, I think what happens is we get distracted. We get distracted by everything that's going on in our world. And even if God was repeating it, repeating it, and repeating it for us to catch, I'm not sure that we would get it. Every time I think about distraction, I think of um, that old movie. I know it's old. I'm old. Let's just deal with this fact, right? Um, it was the movie Up And the two are out going around, and they run into a dog that's got a collar on that allows the dog to talk to the two of them. And they start interacting, and there's a distraction that happens in that movie that I always think about when it comes to how we interact with each other. Can I show it to you? Yeah, here, check this out.
4: Hey, I like dogs. We have your dog. Whoa.
2: wonder who he belongs to.
4: Sit, boy. Hey, look, he's trained. Sheep. Uh
3: huh. Speak. Hi there.
2: Did that dog just say hi there?
3: Oh, yes. <laughs> My name is Doug. I have just met
0: you and I love you. <laughs> My master made me this collar. He is a good and smart master and he made me this collar so that I may talk.
3: Squirrel. Squirrel. We use that word in our house to describe what happens all the time. And it goes on all the time. We'll be sitting in the living room and the uh, washing machine goes off or the dryer and Tracy will get up to go and get it and 20 minutes later, the alarm is still going off. And I'll wander down the hallway thinking, maybe she's in trouble. Maybe like she passed out in the laundry room. No, she walked by the bedroom and something caught her eye and it was squirrel and she's in there messing around with something and I'll walk in. And I'm like, you know the laundry's still beeping, right? She goes, oh yeah, I remember I started down the hallway for a reason, right? And so maybe it's personality, but I, I don't think so because I've noticed that my squirrel is an iPhone. Like, it has sounds and things on it, and Tracy will go, what were you just doing? And I'll be like, I don't know. I think I was just on it for 20 minutes and I have no idea if I accomplished anything in the world, right? I, it just, I'm distracted. And, and it's, this stuff is funny because I think it happens to a lot of us. Where it stops being funny is when it happens with God. When God wants to interrupt your world so that you can get a right understanding of how you would live, how you would think about the situation that you're dealing with, so that you could respond to the fact that you're loved, but you're so distracted you can't see it. You, you can't engage with it at all. And we have these spiritual squirrels that catch our attention. Difficulty with the stuff that we're dealing with right now. Worries about our future. Things that are going on that are out of our control that have our attention. Am I describing the world that we currently live in? It has got a lot of us off kilter right now. Because our attentions have been grabbed away from the very one who could give you a sense of stability. This writer in the Psalms has decided he's going to try to help. He's going to try to help by repeating a phrase over and over with some statements that are made, which is kind of interesting because he lives in a world without iPhones. He lives in a world without the kind of distractions that we might put our finger on. But apparently they still had the problem here too because there's something in our nature that allows us to be distracted from the truths of God very easily. And so this writer decides he's going to capture their attention. By uh, by the way, if you look at this psalm, I would say that there are three categories, I think some nuance, but three categories of things that the writer tries to call everybody's attention to. I want you to know how much God loves you. I want you to look at creation. I want you to know how much God loves you. I want you to look at your past, which is an odd one. We're going to have to talk about that. I want you to know how much God loves you. I want you to look at your present situation. And so he calls their attention to all of those. And I want to do the same. I I want to do the same because today is Father's Day. And there's going to be a lot of effort that we put in to celebrating Dad, right? I'll call mine later on today. There'll be um, special meals. There'll be um, chores that are done. There'll be all kinds of stuff that we do to celebrate Dad. Here's what I'm hoping I'm hoping that you'll remember your heavenly father today. That maybe sometime today in in a quiet moment that you find that you can call home and you can just tell him how much you appreciate, how much you value what he means to your life. And that what you see in this psalm um, resets how you're thinking about the world and how you would live in it. So I want to take you into three different categories Um, Because, again, this is the truth. God has always loved this way. He's loving you this way right now, and his love will always be with you. There's this overwhelming sense of love that he has for you that he has been trying to communicate from the beginning of time. And it starts with him as creator. This is verse 5 of Psalm 136. Who by his understanding made the heavens... His love endures forever. Verse 9, the moon and the stars to govern the nights. His love endures forever. He's doing all of this. This act of creation is meant to be a trigger for you to remember how much He loves you. But because we're so easily distracted, what we often think about is it's really hot, or it's not hot enough, or it's raining or there's not enough rain, or there's too many bugs in this world. There's all kinds of stuff that distracts us from the truth. And the truth is, this world that we live in is an incredible gift from the hand of God. And the motivation behind why he made it all in the first place was it so you could see his love. So that when you're laying on your back, looking up into the night sky, and you see the incredible stars arrayed there, you think he is powerful, he's wonderful, he's He's also loving because he did that because he loved. All of this was motivating him. And so you see him saying, listen, don't get distracted. When you walk out into this thing that I've created, I hope you'll start using that as a reminder to remember that my love is consistent. It has always been on your side. It endures forever. The second category is a little more difficult. It's the longest section. It goes from verses 10 to verse 22. And when I say he talks about the past, I'm, I am not talking about recent past. The stuff that's found in there goes back 400 years. So this is written around the time of David. He's, he's detailing stuff from the Exodus long ago, long, long ago. And he's bringing this stuff up. Why? Here's the simple truth. God's faithfulness to you is found in your story. It was found in their story. Their history had a history of a God who loved them, and if they would open their eyes to see it, they could interact with a God who cared about them. Listen, um, verse 13 has this kind of stuff. "'To him who divided the Red Sea asunder, his love endures forever. To him who led his people through the desert, his love endures forever.'" Israel, if you would look back, you would find evidence after evidence after evidence of my interaction with you that shows my love. I've done this for hundreds of years. And you know why it was some value to go back that far? There are some people who have not lived a long life. But they need to understand that where they're at right now has been impacted by the journey of God in your life as a country, your life as a person. So there's value, I think, in sometimes looking at your kids and saying, God has been good to us. His love has been good to us. Look at what has happened. And you point it out and you remind them. Because your story is the history of God working in your life. It has all the hallmarks of his love there. I made a small list that might help you as you look back And you examine because it's, man, it's easy when you look back at the history of your life to find all the difficulties, to wonder why did God let me go through that, to ask how come I had to deal with this season in my life? But maybe you should process it this way. How did God sustain me till now? How did... How did I make it to here right now? And can I find like, the hand of God in my life that would have gotten me to this place and through all of the stuff that I've experienced in life? And can I be grateful for His love that has sustained me? Maybe you can look back and see that God walked with you through a difficult season. It might have felt like you were alone at the time, But now you can see it clearly, that he was there. And although the circumstances were difficult and hard, you had his presence. And it was evidence of his love in your life. Can you look back and find moments when he encouraged your heart? Like there was a season where you were discouraged, you were down, you didn't think things were worth working hard for anymore. You wanted to give up? And somewhere in the midst of that, God's Spirit came to you and changed your outlook. And His love wrote a story on your heart through encouragement. His love was faithful to you. Did you get stronger? Like, you didn't want to go through this, but you did. And He got you through the other side. And now because of that, you are a stronger person And you're able to do things and think things and say things that you never could have before except you had that growing difficult season and now you can look back and realize that God was good to you, that he was loving you even then. Can you look back and find times where his wisdom guided you? Where you were this close to making a horrible decision. But His spirit met your spirit, and there was a fire in you that you knew that if you did this, it would be a mistake, and so you backed away, and you can point to the guidance of his spirit as being one of the best things that's ever happened to you, because his love showed up in a way that wrote a story in your life. Can you find a time when you were filled with hope when you shouldn't have, when you had a sense That this was going to be okay. I'm telling you right now, we are in a season of life where we need that. Where if you looked ahead right now, everything looks bleak. It doesn't look clear. Nobody knows how things are going to turn out. It doesn't look great at all. But if you had uh, the ability to look backwards just a little bit and to remember that I've been through worse before and God gave me hope in the middle of it, I could hold on to that right now. It could sustain you moving forward. This is not... This is not an attempt to get the people then and to get you now living in the past. That's not how this works. I've been married uh, over 30 years now. At our 25th year anniversary, Tracy and I decided to splurge. And for us, what that meant was we went out of the country for a week. Uh, No cell phone service, doing a lot of fun things. It was great. And to this day, It still comes up in conversation with us about how valuable and important that that season in our life was. That one little week. Because Tracy and I remember how good we can be together. Even when we're having difficulties, that trip will come up. Because this is, we're that good together. And we know that. It can't be sustained all the time. Life isn't a vacation, right? But... But our lives are meant to be reminded of what's good, and God has already seasoned that in yours. He's filled your whole past history with evidence if you'll have the eyes to see it and the ears to hear it. So if you have your radar on, you can look back, and you'll find that God has already shown his love for you in significant ways. He gets to the end of this book, And he kind of makes the case that you can find him in the present if you're looking for him too. He does it in a weird way. Verse 25 says this. It's kind of odd. He says he gives food to every creature. Food to every creature. Why is that important? Well, because up to this point, he was talking about creation happened in the past. He was talking about all the history that he had with Israel. But in this case, the stuff that you would need right now, food for creation, food for us, is the momentary thing where God's involved right now in our present. And he's doing that. He's sustaining this world that we live in. Why? The refrain repeats again, because his love endures forever. In fact, I'm convinced that if if you turned your radar on, you would see the hand of God all over your life. And not just in small ways, in significant ways where you can recognize this is his love. He has loved me from the beginning of time. He is loving me right now. And it's one of the things that I can count on as I step into an unknown future. He's going to love me there too. And instead of the future being this thing that we have to dread, that depresses us, that upsets us right now, We can place our hope in a God who loves us because His love endures forever. Cannot stop it. So here's what I'd like to do to end this morning. Band, if you're here, if you could come up to help us close with that final song, that'd be great. Um, But I want to end with a responsive style reading of the last four verses of this chapter. Um, So if you'd be willing to stand again, And I'm going to read four statements that are true about us right now. God's love has brought us to this place where it's true about our hearts, about our lives. And when I'm done with a statement, I want you to repeat, His love endures forever. And I want you to say it um, as a way of honoring God and remembering of letting it stick in your own heart of His love enduring forever. Four simple verses. Verse 23, he remembered us in our low estate and freed us from our enemies. He gives food to every creature. Give thanks to the God of heaven. I'm convinced as you leave today, If you'll have the eyes to see and the ears to hear, you'll interact with this creation that God's made and you'll remember it was because he loved you. If you'll peer into your past just a little bit, into your own story, you'll find the hand of God all over it, communicating his deep and abiding love for you. And if you'll pay attention, you'll realize that in this moment where you're free, where you're provided for, that in your presence, God's love makes a difference too. I'm just going to ask as you sing this next song, where it talks about coming to the altar, that you will bring yourself to the altar this morning. And you'll remember his love, and you'll let it change the way you think about your life right now. Will you join us?
4: Jesus is calling, bring your sorrows and trade them for joy.
0: I said this in the first service, and I'll say it again. One of the reasons that I love that song is I was just looking, and I just love the lyrics where it says, I'll come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide, because that could not be truer. And I think in the specific season right now that we're living in, it's really easy to run to a bunch of different things. I mean, we can run to the news or the media or social media or all different types of things to find our truth and I think a lot of times we do that or we might even run to people that have the same opinions as us um, but realistically we need to come to the altar because God's arms are truly wide open for us and when I think about everything that's going on it's just it's really easy to get to this place to, to struggle to know what's true and, and I think sometimes we specifically now we're living in a world that seems to be angry. And while I think anger is a nice motivator to get some change, I think we need to start running to the altar because that's the way that we're going to be able to make real change because God's heart is embedded in love. And if you look at 1 Corinthians thirteen four, it's a very popular verse where it talks about all the things that love is, that it's kind, that it doesn't delight in evil, it rejoices in truth, it's patient, all these different things. If you were to actually look and maybe if you get a chance, I know you've all seen that verse a million times, but maybe my little challenge to you is you go home today, if you're on your phone or want to Google it or open your Bibles, just look at 1 Corinthians 13.4 and look what love is. If we lived in a 1 Corinthians 13.4 society, I really believe with all my heart, and I don't have the answers, but I believe that we would experience, we would experience the greatest society and culture we've ever known because everything is embedded in love. And so my hope is if you're angry right now or you're confused or you're struggling or you're wrestling with what's true or, I don't, you know, I'm done with this, I'm done with that, that's how i felt at times. But the real, the real issue here, I think, for me is I have to continue going to the altar. I have to keep running back into the arms of God. That is the only strength, the only peace, the only hope that I'm ever going to experience is by running into the arms of God. And so that's my hope and prayer for you guys as you leave today. And so if you would, could we just pray ourselves out of here? If you'd bow your heads with me, we'll just close in prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for who you are, God. We thank you that you care so deeply for us. I know that your heart's breaking. We think our heart's breaking. You created us. Your heart is breaking. That we are experiencing all sorts of things in our society right now that is tough stuff. Tough conversations and things are happening right now. And there's so many different sides of the spectrum, whether it's coronavirus or racial issues, there's so many different things that seem to be overtaking in the news. And I think what we have to remember is, God, you're still working. There's still good things. Just because sometimes the media doesn't want to show that, there's still good things. God, your people are still working hard to love other people. And I ask, God, that this morning we would remember that your arms are open wide for us. No matter what side or what opinion or what spectrum we find ourselves on, what we know is we are all unified in the fact that we can run to you and your arms are open. We can come to the altar. That's where I pray that we find ourselves. I pray that we find ourselves there this morning. I pray that we find ourselves there this afternoon. I pray that we find ourselves this week right at the feet of Jesus. This is never going to be about Waypoint. It's never going to be about a brand. It's never going to be about any churches. It is simply about you, Jesus. That is what we are doing. We are here to serve you and honor you. You will always, your name will always be at the forefront of everything we do. And I pray that our people and the people of, um, that go to other churches, I, I pray that we would all come together as one giant church and one giant cause to say we need to rise up and show love, and grace, and mercy, and kindness, may we display that as the body of Christ, God, around our world, more than we've ever done, we love you, Jesus, and we're so grateful for you, it's in your amazing name, amen, thank you so much for coming, thank you for watching online, and we love you guys, and we hope to see you next week, have a great week.